voice finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of internet wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass and a logical madness. You can always listen to this episode and all other content on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at cheshirelookingglass at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Place Cheshire. Here we are, another Tuesday night, soaring the digital airwaves. It's also the beginning of a new month. Welcome to the month of love. Also, welcome to Black History Month. I figure tonight, we start with a little bit of love, because during this time, that's all we really need. With all the trials and tribulations that we have in this world, a little bit of positivity, a little bit of affection can go a long way. So we start with something from the Healthy Relationship Playbook. Seeing how this is the month of love. I decided to bring a little bit of young love to the show. Not me. This cat has some very long whiskers. But sometimes you just need the, um, the help of kittens, so to speak, to express a new view on love. So, with me tonight, I have two new newlywed kittens ready to share their story with you. Now... I didn't even get a chance to give you your podcast names. I almost forgot about that. So, I think we will go, we'll go with something simplistic. 
Mr. and Mrs. J. Just for right now. So, welcome to the digital airwaves. Welcome to Internet Wonderland. Say something for the folks. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so, seeing how this is y'all's first time on a podcast, relax, breathe. It's all going to be fun, okay? So, Mr. J, give us a little bit about yourself. Um, 25 and <laughs> I'm in the military, going five years, almost six years strong. Oh, very nice. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And what about you, Mrs. J? Um, I am 19 turning 20, um, and I've I'm from North Dakota, and that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to be asking you a series of questions relating to your relationship overall. Just relax. A little bit of honesty. You don't have to feel pressured about answering any questions whatsoever. But sometimes, when relating to relationships as a whole, having the insight of newlyweds, as they progress from the moment that they met on to today and hopefully in the future can give a lot of hope and inspiration to those out there that are either looking for love, currently in love but going through a situation, or those who are staying in love and just need a reminder of where it all began. So starting with you, Mr. J, tell me about the first date. First date, I don't even know if you could really call it a first date. It was, <laughs> I was going around with some friends, eating at some places, going to some bars, and me and Mrs. J were talking for a little bit at the time, and she ended up following me around town, unbeknownst to me, and somehow we ended up at the same restaurant. With her sitting across from me. Hold on. <clears throat> so let me get this straight. Mrs. J was pretty much stalking you. <laughs> Just a little bit. Wow. Okay. 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 So <laughs> now I got to get Mrs. J's side on this story. So okay. go for it. Go so, for it. So <laughs> in a way, I could definitely see it as kind of stalking. Um, we knew of each other and I we were friends on Snapchat so we're sending each other Snapchats all the time and me and my best friend who was my maid of honor at our wedding just happened to be going out and trying to find somewhere to eat um, and I was like oh I want to show you this dude that I know but I don't want him to know that he's being shown off to, to you <laughs> so I was like so how do we do this he happened to be out um, I think it was a starving rooster and he was like don't go they're closed and I was like where are you gonna go and um, he's like Ebbs and I was like perfect so then we walk into Ebbs, and I see him, and um, it's kind of set up where there's booths, you know? And he sat on, there's a booth here with him and his buddy, and then there's a booth in front of them, which is me and my best friend. And uh, I sat with my back face to him the whole time, because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, this definitely does have the sound of one of those rom-com, like, cheesy... Hallmark movie oh, type situations, and all of a sudden I'm beginning to love it. So, technically, that wasn't really a first date that y'all had, but what was your first actual date? So, that's the big question. Starting with Mrs. J, did he ask you to go out on a date? He did not. Um, he, oh yeah, okay, so again, we're Snapchatting. This is after... Um, seeing each other at the restaurant, and we had actually hung out once before with a couple friends, and but he wouldn't ask me on a date, so I'm trying to be clever. I'm like, well, you could ask me on a date, or you could do this, because he's trying to invite me to all these things with his friends, and I was like, that's not what I want in this. I would like to go on a date with you, so you could ask me, and and he eventually did, but it took some coercion from, my, from myself. <laughs> okay, so Mr. J, I do have to ask, what was the initial holdup on asking her out on a date? Well, to put it straightforward, um, at, what was I, 22 turning 23, never had I ever been in a relationship nor talked with 
a woman, period. I was a man who cared about school, cared about his job. Anything that came after that came after that, but that was first. Okay, a man of principle. I do like that. I do like that. And Mrs. J. So how how much coercion overall did it take? Um, I, would, I mean, from, from the first kind of moment that we met, I was not interested in him. Um, and so I made that very clear to him. We went out to dinner. We did some things with friends. And I told him, no funny business. I'm not interested. Don't try to pull anything. Uh, because in the past, he had tried to pull the, put the moves on me, per se. And I com- I literally ran away. So um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I think that definitely was in take of him needing coercion. Because his first impression was she told me not to pull any put, put any moves on her anymore. And so I think part of that was... He didn't want to break boundaries or anything with me. So it, it took a little bit more than I think it would typically for someone, but lots yeah. of dropping hints. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to ask Mr. J. During all of this, what, what was the point where you felt that you could actually make a more solid connection with Mrs. J? I don't even know. The moment when it really happened, it was more of you wake up one day and you're like, maybe I should just give it a shot. Go for it. And if if I score, I score. If I don't, then I guess I guess I missed and I go on. But I shot my shot and landed a pretty nice bullseye. I like the analogy. So almost the same question for you, Mrs. J., when did you know that you would would be more than willing to establish a connection with Mr. J in terms of dating? Um, so, again, it was pretty early on and everything. Um, I invited him over for dinner. I had just gotten back from the lake, and I made him fajitas, and he really, really liked them. And we just sat and talked all night and baked different things. And that's when I realized, like, he's a very open-minded person, but at the same time, like, like you said, he's got principles, and he likes to follow those, and he's very passionate about things. And that was just something that I was looking for. Um, and so that's when I was like, okay, well, I think I want to try to ride this out and make this work as long as, as long as I possibly could. See, I like that. That already shows that y'all had the intentions of trying to solidify a relationship, which is always good. But as we know, there are sometimes some ups and downs and relationships. So we're going to dive into that just in a little bit. Okay. But first real quick pop quiz. I want to test your knowledge just of random things about each other. So, Mr. J, starting with you. Favorite color of Mrs. J. Favorite song. And favorite food. Go. Okay, so favorite color. There's not one. There's more. She's got three. It's mustard yellow, olive drab green, or sage green. And navy blue. Um, favorite song. There have been a few. I know that one of our songs was Sleeping Alone by Flatland Calvary. And then favorite food. So many different foods, but I feel like she likes grilled cheese and tomato soup above most of all. All right, Mrs. J, how correct was he with those answers? Well, he definitely got the favorite colors right. Um, I don't have a favorite song, but I will say that Sleeping Alone is definitely one of my favorites when it comes to, like, us and the food. You are so off, and I'm so surprised you didn't get this because we've gotten to arguments about how you make this. It's spaghetti. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right, here we go. Mrs. J, same line of questioning, a little bit different. So, starting off with favorite article of clothing that he likes to wear, favorite time of day, and his favorite hobby. Okay, so starting backwards, I want to go favorite hobby. He really likes D&D, um, and he likes video games, so that's definitely pretty solid on that answer. Um, favorite article of clothing, I think it's your... Um, the undisclosed location bar sweatshirt, the black one with the red on the on the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so 
hobby, clothing, and what was the other one? Favorite time of day. I'm going to say he's going to say something like midday because to him it's like the perfect time of day and it's not too early, it's not too late. All right. How right was she on those answers? Well, my favorite article on clothing is definitely the undisclosed location. I bought it while I was deployed in a place that can't be disclosed, but one of my favorite deployments so far. Um, As for time of day, any time I get off work would be my favorite time of day. Um, And then the last question was... Hobbies? Hobbies, video games, and D&D all the way. I love my nerd stuff. So the reason why I asked that, and it links to the ups and downs in relationships. Now, all my listeners in Internet Wonderland, this is something that we can all relate to whenever we're in the initial steps of getting to know a person. Whenever it comes to getting to know your significant other, it's the simple things that are the most important to get to know. Getting to know their hobbies, getting to know some of their quirks, getting to know some of the things that they enjoy in life. Those bring more joy than big expensive gifts, than spending a lot of money. Trust me, it's the little things that matter in relationships whether they're beginning or whether you're 30 or 40 years down the road now during the first couple of months that y'all have been together dating wise not marriage wise because we're going to get into a whole different line of questioning for that tell me during the first we'll say three months of dating what were three high points in dating And we're going to start with you, Mrs. J. So three high points during the first three months of your dating. So, um, as you know, we're a military couple, so things kind of moved really fast. Um, Within the first month and a half of us dating, my apartment flooded. And instead of getting a new apartment, he told me I should move in with him. So we moved in together, so that was a really high point for us. Um, Very exciting, you know, easier to talk to each other, but it was also a struggle on the other side because we were always with each other. Um... I think meeting your mom, you know, the family that's close by was really fun for me. Um, And then just overall in the first, like, couple months, just getting to know each other and who we are, what we were about, um, figuring out, you know, those different things like the hobbies and the clothing, that kind of thing. All right. Same question, Mr. J. Three highs during the first three months of dating. Well, the three highs I would have to say is finding out that I definitely have someone who can cook somewhat as good as I can, if not infinitely better, because it's it, it's a small thing, but whenever you're sharing the load of cooking for a household, it's so much better. Um, being able to see her every day, although it, it could be a negative in some points, but really helped brighten up my day during hard times during those three months. And then I definitely just have to say, like, helping her move out and seeing how happy she was after all the the bad stuff that happened with her apartment, the flooding, and then everything else that happened to it, and being able to see her happy face at the end of the day was very nice. I would definitely like that. Now, still keeping on the highs, and we're going to start with you on this. Name three of your favorite dates. That you took her on? Favorite dates that I took her on? Well, funny enough to say, um, most of the dates that I've taken her on have been almost coerced. I'm not <laughs> I'm not the best at taking hints. So I'm going to put that out there, and she obviously know, knows that one. Um, some of the few things that we've done that I really loved was we played... Favorite thing, favorite favorite article of clothing, favorite... Um, it's the couple's challenge. Couple's challenge. Went to the mall, and then we had to buy each other specific things about relating to the other person. Um, I'd have to say 
Although it was a bad experience, but one of the times we went to Badlands, I enjoyed that one a lot. And then driving to Fargo. Okay. And being able to experience that first road trip together was very nice. I like it. I like it. All right. Mrs. J. Now, this is going to be a similar line of questioning. What were three of your favorite dates that you managed to coerce Mr. J in taking with you? There's so many options when you put it like that. Um, I, well, okay, so this one I didn't coerce you into taking it. I kind of planned, I planned us a weekend to Fargo. Um, and this is not the road trip, but it is when we did the couples challenge. And so my favorite date on that is breakfast when we both got food poisoning from avocado. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> wow. Um, it was a bad time. Um, and it's only my favorite because now every time we go to Fargo, we're like, we're not staying at the hotel. We're not getting this breakfast. And we laugh about it for at least two hours, if not talk about it the whole trip. So um, that's that's a highlight for me. And then another good date, I would say, is, oh, I brought you ice skating. Um, oh. <laughs> he's not very good at ice skating. But that was very fun for me. And, um, and then I would say definitely the road trip to Fargo, of which he was late for. He was supposed to come to my apartment and pick me up. He didn't. So I had to drive all the way across town, pound on his apartment door. I'm like, we got to leave now or we're not going to make it in time. I got you coffee. He did get me coffee to make up for it. So Okay, so there was a plus <laughs> in that. He got yes. you some caffeine. You're good to go. Right. All right. So <clears throat> I do have to ask, and this one is more of a advice section. What advice could you give to those starting off in dating and they're hitting the first three months in their relationship. So I will give you 30 seconds to think of your responses. Okay? Starting now. So while they think about their, their responses, I want to explain that in relationships... As we know, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. There's always going to be surprises. Sometimes one person may be a little bit shyer than the other, and that's okay. Just as long as you find mutual common ground in everything that you do. Whenever venturing off into a relationship, it isn't about the concept of I anymore. It's about the concept of we. Building that foundation together. And your 30 seconds is now up. Starting with Mr. J. Biggest piece of advice I could definitely think to give is think for yourself. It might sound selfish if you take it in the wrong context, but um, in one of the lows of our relationship, I definitely wasn't thinking for myself. I was letting others think for me in terms of our relationship and it really put a huge damper on us and so think for yourself think things through by yourself it's okay to take help sometimes but at the end of the day it's your decision make it yourself i like it mrs j um i would definitely agree with the thing for yourself don't let um family and friends tell you like how you should live or what your relationship is supposed to look like because um, it's your relationship and then just pertaining to that first three months remember that it's a whole different person and it's going to seem bright shiny and new at first but it's going to eventually not that everyone has to have it like this eventually you're going to hit rough spots you know it's not always going to be perfect and you can't blame anybody for that like that's just what it's like having another person with you all the time every day I love it, and it's a good segue into the downs. Now, before y'all got married, how long were you together? Um, we So we've known each other since 2020. We started dating August of 2021, um, and then in March of 20, or we started dating 2020, right? Yeah. And then we separated March of 2021. Okay, so let's discuss the separation real quick. What exactly happened? Now, you don't have to go into full detail, but if you do, it's understandable. Who would like to start first? 
got this one. Unless you want to. I, I feel like it should be me. It was okay. it was my whole issue. Um, um, going off of what she said in part of our advice, um, I allowed my family to think for me. My family and friends. Um, in the apartment we were in, we had a roommate who was a friend of mine. And he went behind my back talking with my family about all the little things that were going on between us, um, which allowed them to strategize and more effectively drive a wedge in between us. And I allowed it to go through. And it was pretty bad, I'm not going to lie. Helping her move out of the apartment, seeing her leave, and then experiencing that first night alone and realizing that I just messed up. I let the best thing that's ever happened to me leave, and I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to get her back. Now, <clears throat> Mrs. J, I do have to ask, what, and you're on your side, you know, how did you take all this, and what did you do to try to cope with the separation? Um, so for me, it was kind of, it kind of seemed like it was inevitable. Like Mike, or like he mentioned earlier, um, this was his first relationship. So trying to teach him about the trust that you have to have with your spouse and the things that you have to do to ensure that things, you know, stay running smoothly um, was hard on me because he just, he didn't realize that how much effort it takes in a relationship to really make things work. Um, and so eventually I kind of told him like, these are my boundaries. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. You can help make this work or I'm going to go. And I just don't think he realized that I would actually leave. Um, so one night I got home from my best friends. I asked him if we could talk in the bedroom and I told him, I just think it's best if we split. And, um, and then I went apartment shopping the next day found a place, um, and he very kindly helped me move out. It was a very mutual, like, something's going wrong here, and we're not sure what it is. Um, and then I kind of just was by myself for a little bit. It was a lot of working, um, just trying to figure out what was my life like now that I don't have someone else with me, you know, trying to learn to unbreak that codependency that I had developed. So it was it was a lot of work. All right. So we're going to backtrack just a tiny bit. During, before the separation, let's go through a couple of the downs. So similar to what we did with the ups. So starting with Mr. J, give me three downs during that period before the separation. Three downs. There was a lot of yelling. A lot. Um, I didn't know how to cope with it or deal with it so they say don't go to bed angry and it's partially true but I took it literally and decided that if we were yelling then I'd rather sleep somewhere else and so she would come home and I would have decided that I'm sleeping on the couch or the other down would be I couldn't figure myself out and we were engaged and I would leave my ring on the counter and go to work and just not say anything. Okay. Mrs. J, same question. So, the downs. What were three downs that happened prior to the separation? I think... um Definitely, I've got three very vivid ones, some of which you had said. Um, we had that roommate who would refuse to pay rent. Um, and Michael was not very was not very great with finances, so it would lead to me yelling at him to pay rent. And then I just remember a lot of, um, you know, picking sides or me feeling, you know, hopeless because no one's listening to me in this house and now I'm going to have to pay double rent. And I think part of that between me and Michael and our relationship is I just felt like he didn't have my back. Um, and that's very, very important for any kind of relationship. Um, and then kind of leading off the sleeping in separate places, I had definitely spent nights at um, some of my coworkers' house because I just, it was the worst feeling ever to come home 
and knowing that that was the like you're walking into just such a talk toxic environment where no one wanted to talk to each other no one wanted to fix things so you would do it I would do anything I could just not to be home um which definitely wasn't fun for anyone involved and then definitely the ring on the counter because a lot of the times I just get home from an overnight shift and then I come home he was gone at work but his ring is on the counter and I'm like great like does this mean that he's trying to break up with me or you know lots of guesswork and it was just a struggle on both of us and again we weren't talking about it so it was just guesswork Right, right. Now, <clears throat> seeing how you went through the separation, what was the point where y'all started communicating again and things started to work out? Now, hold that thought. We're going to take a very small break. Once we come back, we're going to start with that question. So everyone that's listening on the digital airwaves, we will be right back in a couple of moments. separation where did the communication begin so for you mrs j i'm going to start this question when did you start thinking about reconnecting with mr j um so we actually never stopped talking to each other um even after the split we talked to each other um I think we just didn't talk to each other for a week, but we were still FaceTiming each other almost every day. Um, and he had just got sent to an employment shortly after the separation, too. So I wanted to make sure that he had someone you know, who was at home who cared about him. Um, and so we just talked every day, and we didn't really ever stop, um, even, even during the separation, where there was no guarantee that we were getting back together ever. Okay, so y'all were able to keep line of communication, still keep a friendship. Yeah, I, I told him, I said, I, I do love you. Obviously, this isn't working out, but I really did mean it. And I told him, I said, you are my best friend. Um, you get me, you get me completely. And there's no way I'm going to let that go away, too. There you go. All right, same question with you, Mr. J. What motivated you to com- to continue the communication with Mrs. J after the separation? Well, like I said, there was um, 
that first night after she left, I broke down and I just kind of laid on my bed and I think I cried for three, four hours. It was, it was probably the lowest I've ever felt in my life. And then just thinking to myself, I don't think I'll ever be able to get her back, but that doesn't mean I won't try. Very nice. Very nice. So this is where it's going to get interesting. Starting with Mr. J, what were some of the things that you did to cope with the separation outside of keeping constant communication with Mrs. J? Well, like she said, I was in a deployed environment stationed in the Middle East, so um, it was a lot of gym and borderline alcoholism. It's not the best. There was a lot of chain-smoking cigarettes and just thinking there's no way I'm ever going to be able to deal with this stress. There's no way I can keep bottling it up like I had beforehand. And so I started to seek help. I started asking the few people I did know, um, is there any way I could try to deal with this? And lo and behold, one of the people... Um, I had made friends with in the Middle East, uh, ended up giving me a book that I read through. It's called uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Very good book for those of you who are looking for that kind of pick me up. But it just kind of helped me realize what I was doing wrong. And it's not her. It was all me. And there was no way I could try to pin it on anybody else. But I owned up to it. I faced myself. And I think I've come through stronger at the end of it. I like it. All right. Mrs. J, same question with you. How did you deal with the separation? What did you do in order to cope during that time? Um, similar to Mr. J, it was not necessarily a lot of healthy coping. Um, I was, work put me in New Hampshire for a couple of weeks, so I was gone there for a while. But once I got back home, it was a lot of dating, lots of Tinder, just trying to just feel something or find something again. Um, and again, me and Mike were talking during this whole time, so he would hear about all these crazy dating stories and all of that stuff. So I can't imagine that that made any of the stress that he was going through easier. Um, but I, again, like he said, I think it definitely made me to come out stronger than when I was in the beginning, you know, just feeling like I had to have someone else to mean something. Now I know that by myself I'm enough, um, and that Michael still can comp, or he can still compliment me in, in that <laughs> sense. Don't worry, I already counted five times that you actually said his real name, but I wasn't going to say anything. So, continuing on. In terms of separation anxiety while still trying to keep communication, Mr. J, what would be your advice if you're still keeping communication and you're still trying to cope? What would be the best advice to give a um, couple that just separated? Well, um, I'd definitely say don't fall into cigarettes and alcohol. Cigarettes are terrible for you. And while alcohol can be fun, and it might seem great in the moment, it leaves you empty in the end. Um, Know your friends. Know your friend group. um, And know who's good for you in that friend group. Uh, Stick with them. And if you know you need it, don't let them leave you alone. Um... And if they think you don't need to be alone, definitely let them know where you are so they don't end up thinking that you did something bad. Very good. Sound advice. All right, Mrs. J, your turn. Um, so I think if you're still keeping up with communication like we were, don't um, go into it thinking like, okay, this means we're getting back together. Like this is exactly what I need. I just need to talk with her for a little bit and then we're going to be Good as, good as we were before. 
Um, I think a big thing that we had discussed when we did keep that communication was understanding each other's boundaries. Um, Because Michael was really big on saying I love you and and all that stuff, even when we were separated. And so one of my boundaries was I don't want you to say that anymore because if you look at it from my side, I'm trying to move on but still have him as a friend. So that eventually means finding somebody else. Um, And hearing him say I love you really just puts me back to where we were before we separated. And so um, just trying to keep healthy boundaries and understanding that your relationship is so different than when you were together um, and that it's a struggle still communicating after having such a romantic, loving relationship, you know, we were engaged. So to go from being engaged back to, you know, trying to get back to when you were just friends, that's that's really hard to overcome. All right. So, excuse me a moment. <clears throat> Remember, folks, here at Cheshire's Cat, we will be clearing our throats. We will be coughing. We will be doing everything while recording because why stop and restart? This is real life. Now, continuing on, because sometimes I have to give those type of claims. Um, where did the re, the, um, re, uh, can't even say it. Where did y'all start to reconcile? Now, this, because what you're giving us overall, if you haven't noticed, the line of questioning, there's a method to the madness. The beginning, the ups and downs, the separation, Now the reconciliation. There's the word. I can use big words here. So, where did you start to reconcile? And who wants to go first on this one? I do. (laughs) All right, go for it. Um, So, the moment that I knew that I wanted to be back um, with Mr. J is I had officially gotten into a relationship with somebody else. um, And it kind of, like, hindered the communication between me and me and him and um, that was a struggle and and just throughout like it was a very short relationship it was like maybe two three weeks knowing the guy before that though um week and a half <laughs> week and a half um and i broke up with him because i well first it was nothing like how it was with me and mr j at all um and i really <laughs> i did not love him and there was, for me, there was no way that I was ever going to get in a romantic relationship with this guy. And I told my, or I told him that. And um, we had talked about how this guy, he was just very, he was kind of, um, he was moving through things very quickly. Like he had said, I love you. And I hung up the phone on him because I was like, no, I am not ready for that. And so I hung up the phone with him um, and then told Mr. J, told my best friend, I was like, he's crazy, I gotta get out of this now, um, and I also, like, that's when I realized that there was no one else that I wanted, except for Mr. J, like, that's just who, who I knew I was comfortable and in love with, and I could see that romantic future with, because with everyone else, it just seemed like that wasn't attainable. Okay, okay, now, Mr. J, same question, when did you decide to reconcile everything? While I was deploying, um, one of my big things was communication. I was absolutely terrible at it. You couldn't get me to say anything on any kind of day that involved feelings. Um, But like I said, going through that healing process, um, I started to keep a journal. And writing in that journal... Every day, still talking with Mrs. J and going through that. And then finding out about new guy who her mom totally didn't approve of. (laughs) I I got an earful from her one afternoon, but that's besides the point. Um, I had wanted to reconcile before he came around. Um, One of the things that we had talked about was, um, I don't want anybody else but you. Um, I won't care about anybody else. I'll talk to other people, but it doesn't mean I won't care about you any less than I do right now. And whenever a new guy came around, I had made sure to tell her that And that I would always be here. I would always care. I would always wait. Um, 
and it was rough. It was really rough. Like she said, we had almost stopped that communication, and that's whenever I had hit my second lowest point, was that whole week and a half of not knowing whether or not I would get the woman I love back. That's beautiful, man. That really is. So, <clears throat> advice time. What advice could you give couples that, I don't want to say on the mend, because that just sounds way too cliche. Yeah. But what advice could you give to young couples that are trying to attempt to reconcile the re relationship and all the issues? Starting with you, Mr. J. Um, I definitely say realize your flaws. There's definitely a reason why you separated in the first place. Um, you might not think it's you. You might definitely put it all on the other person. But as the saying goes, it takes two to tango. So um, there were definitely some flaws on my end that I had to pick up, that I had to fix. And Mrs. J had some flaws on her end that she had to pick up that she had to fix and as much as it sucks to say um, being thousands of miles apart it was almost a perfect opportunity to clean house so to speak get yourself straight and since getting back I can't think of one serious complaint she's had besides I leave the toilet seat up <laughs> So, um, <clears throat> before we get to you, Miss J, just a real quick PSA. Gentlemen, if you're ever in a relationship with a very loving woman, please do her a favor. Bring down the seat. Remember, it's all about the little things, and that is a major little thing you can do for your wife or girlfriend. Even for your mother, if somehow you were single, living at home alone, in the basement, playing video games and watching anime 24-7-365, be a little courteous. Bring down the seat. All right, so, Mrs. J, your turn. Um, so, I would say, be, learn to be more in tune with yourself before you were to, you know, make that decision of trying to reconcile with the other person. Um, because I think with me and him, we really just took a minute to just to get to know ourselves as who we were, you know, learning what we like about ourselves and kind of learning that self-love because, you know, they say that you can't love someone else till you love, love yourself. And I think part of that was definitely true when it came to me and him. And then also those boundaries, like I really can't stress how important that was with us, you know, just figuring out who we were, what we were about and how we're going to make this work is just respecting those boundaries and at least making some sort of boundary with each other about what's okay and what's not okay. All right. So, Mr. J, you were overseas. You were deployed. What were your plans when you came back stateside, whenever you came back home and you got to see Mrs. J for the first time? What type of feelings did you have upon seeing her after that long hiatus. And mind you, be completely honest. Well, for those of you who are in the military and are coming home deployed um, and being able to see your significant other again, it's definitely, I can't sleep. I don't want to sleep. Um, I'm ready to get there as fast as I can. But as with all things, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, but it was definitely one of those just too excited to think about anything else. Um, really nervous. Like, what if I get back and she sees me and she's like, I don't. I don't want to do this. So, no. Um, but I definitely say just severely nervous but the first moment I saw her after finally getting my luggage it was a 
It was it was like time stopped. It was I, the only words we said to each other was hi. It was the only word we could possibly think of. But after having not seen her for seven, eight months, it was heart-stopping. I like it. Mrs. J, same question. When you got to see him after that long hiatus, what did you feel? Um, well, like the night before was the same thing, just couldn't sleep. So I was, you know, taking turns hanging out with friends because they would keep me awake and that way I wasn't so caught up in where is he, what is he doing, did he make his flight, all that kind of stuff. And um, so eventually, you know, I go to the airport to pick him up and I know that he's landed because I saw the plane land, and but he's not talking to me, he's not saying anything. And then he's like, oh yeah, I'm just waiting for my luggage. And um, so I was just waiting in the car and then they went out to smoke and he waved at me. But then he went back inside. So I'm like, okay, what is happening? Like, what's going on? You're going to wave at me from 100 feet that way and just not come say hi after eight months, whatever. Um, so he eventually does come outside. And I, I honestly don't remember thinking anything. I just saw him and I was like, yep, that's him. And then I gave him a hug, gave him a kiss. And then, like he said, we just always said was hi. We said hi for like five minutes. You're just hi. <laughs> like, is this okay? Like, are you real? Like, <laughs> hi. It's hard, you know, you, we... You spend hours and hours and hours of FaceTime and video calls for eight months. It's like, okay, well, I know this person is real, but it just doesn't seem real that they're actually here now. It just seems like the wait wasn't so long after all. Right. So, I do have to ask, when did y'all decide to get married? Who wants Um, to kick this one off? I can, because I think I'm more so made the decision. Um, (laughs) All right. It's on. Um, So, as you know, we were engaged before, and before he came home, I said, because remember, we had all these boundaries and stuff in place, I said, I need to know that things are different, so you can live with me for two weeks, but at the end of the two weeks, we're going to talk about if things went okay, if things went, you know, if I was comfortable with where our relationship was leading, because this would be the first time that we actually lived together without a roommate or, you know, anyone else in, in the picture and part of the mix. And so he gets home, two weeks go by, and I was like, that was exactly what I wanted it to be. I felt comfortable living in my own place. It wasn't hostile. I wasn't upset with you for anything, which, again, like, you have to take in consideration. There's definitely that honeymoon stage. Um, But I kind of looked at him and I said, "Um, I think we should get married. And before this, right, the same day he got home, he went and picked out a different ring. So he was definitely hoping that we were going to get married again. Good planning. Um, (laughs) But... Um, essentially after that two weeks where things went okay and it was just us because we had eventually kind of narrowed down what was negative about our relationship was that he was letting too many people into our business, you know, whether it's the roommate, the family, any of that. And now that they were gone, now that they're gone, it was probably the nicest, most easiest time I've had being around another person. Um, it, It was just great. And so I was like, well, I can handle that for the rest of my life. So why don't we? All right. Mr. J, same question. Um, like she said, she definitely orchestrated it a little bit, but it was definitely the day I got back. I had decided it was definitely going to have to get a new ring, um, seeing as how there was the whole kerfuffle over the previous ring, and I didn't feel like buying the same ring again because... It's a different try. It doesn't deserve the same things. And like she said, there was the whole two-week probationary period of walking on eggshells. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I hated that. No, (laughs) ma'am. There was was no no, ma'ams. It was all yes, ma'am, or in a bit. Um, But definitely doing everything that I knew that I did wrong previously correct this time was a very big thing. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, because I happen to know y'all personally, let's talk about everything that led up to the wedding. I know. I know. 
but we're going to shorten it. We're going to give it a revision of sorts. All I want to know, because we want to focus in on the positive. I understand all the negative that happened. So, starting with Mrs. J, what are three things that went right in the preparation for the wedding? Um, biggest thing is Michael understood his role, that he had no decision in anything for the wedding whatsoever. Um. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, nope, didn't work. There we go. <laughs> um, Second time I get to use that. Anyways. So- I'm glad that he understood that this wedding was... He, I would always say, it's my wedding. And he'd go, it's our wedding. And I'd say, it's, it's my wedding. <laughs> and, um, so he understood that part and kind of let me have free reign. So that's something that I always remember and be grateful for. Um, second thing is that everything turned out exactly how I wanted it. You know, we had kind of an expedited wedding because um, we got orders to England. So we um, had to get married a little faster than we... Uh, previously planned but it was all right um and then the third thing that went good is i really wanted him to cry when i walked down the aisle and he did everyone cried literally everyone cried so um that that's like the three things that i'll always remember is that i just have free reign over my wedding um that everything turned out exactly how i wanted to even though it was planned in three very short weeks um and then he cried (laughs) all right so mr j i have to ask you this what was your initial thought when you saw Mrs. J walking down the aisle? Leading up to that thought was seeing all the bridesmaids and the groomsmen walking down the aisle and just knowing that the moment was coming and hadn't seen the dress, hadn't seen her for 24 hours up to that point and just not knowing how she's going to look um how the crowd's going to react but i think it was about the second bridesmaid that started walking down the aisle your sister and she was bawling her eyes out as she started walking down the aisle and i was like oh oh it's oh okay (laughs) it's gonna be one of those and then seeing her father stand at the end of the aisle and then seeing my beautiful wife get right next to him. And yeah, there was a lot of waterworks. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Now, as a newly wed couple, how has the transition from dating to being married affected you? So starting with Mrs. J. Um, I tell everyone that it's exactly the same, <laughs> except the the name is a little different. You know, I, when we were very early on in our relationship, I knew that I could picture a life with him. So I've kind of always lived that way. I'm just very open and honest with him about everything. Um, because, so that way he knows what he's like getting himself into. Um, and it's, it's mostly the same, you know, we've lived together for the better half of the last year and a half. Um, and then. We, we know what each person likes to do, so it's pretty much the same for us. I guess the only differences are is when I call him my husband. Well, he's actually my husband. <laughs> when he calls me his wife, I'm actually his wife. All right, so Mr. J, same question. How does it feel overall? I don't want to say it feels the same as dating because there's, there's definitely that it's a stronger bond. It's there's permanency to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a permanency to it like this actually happened. I belong to someone and I have someone to call mine. And it's it, it's that it's that knowing that I won't wake up one day and she's gone. I like it. I like it. Now, <clears throat> advice time. What piece of advice could you give to couples, young couples, that are about to jump, jump the broom, so to speak? What advice can you give them about the first couple of months into marriage? So, Mr. J, I'm going to give this question to you first. What advice can you give to newlyweds? Enjoy every moment of it. Don't spend 
the first couple days reeling from it, enjoy your time together. There's plenty of time to think about other things, but you're not just you anymore. You're part of an us now. And definitely, definitely don't try to go off on that well, I need to do this. It, we need to do this. Is more like it. All right. Mrs. J, same question. I think um, something that's been really good for us is just learning to not sweat the little things. Because um, you have your whole life with this person to worry about all those little things that are going wrong, except for the toilet seat lid thing. Like, that's a big <laughs> issue that needs to be rectified. I've, I've but <laughs> Anyways, um, just try not to sweat... The little things or the quirks that they do that annoy you, whether it's chewing with your mouth open or making annoying noises throughout the house for hours for no reason. Um, Guilty. <laughs> just remember that this is the person you're going to have for, for a very, very long time, and so there's no use in getting so angry or so annoyed with them um, that it causes you to resent them. Um, just remember that they're doing the best that they can and you're doing the best that you can to make each other's relationship with each other work out. Very wonderful and sound advice. So, here pretty soon y'all are going to England. Is there anything that y'all are waiting to do while there? Honeymoon in Italy, for starters. It's been one of her big dreams, and... I've always wanted to go to Italy, and so being able to go to Italy, sit on the ocean side and drink some wine in the moonlight would be absolutely beautiful. I like it. I like it. All right, Mrs. J, same would, question. Uh, I'd agree with the honeymoon. You know, I've been asked many, many times before, like, what's my dream, and I always tell everyone to drink wine in Italy, just because... It's just something I didn't think I'd be able to ever do. Um, my family's really Irish and Italian, so I really want to kind of embrace that culture. And then um, second trip for sure is um, on the coast of Ireland. My family has castle grounds, so we really want to go and see that. Um, and now it's just much more of an attainable dream because, you know, we live right next to Ireland and we live really, really close to Italy, whereas if you're flying from here, it's going to take forever. It's a ton of money, um, and now it's like, you know, our neighbor, like a state, like a neighboring state. And everything's just much more attainable. Perfect, perfect. So, Mr. and Mrs. J, on behalf of Internet Wonderland, I would like to wish you the best of luck in your marriage, the best of luck on your future trip, and hopefully sound blessings when you begin your family. So... I hope everyone learned a little bit of something tonight. The simple things matter. Communications matter. Being able to coast the ups and downs matter. For it doesn't matter how a relationship starts. If it's a simple hello or a moment of stalking. What matters is the destination. And the ultimate goal is to find someone to grow old with. I would like to thank our guest, Mr. and Mrs. J, for joining me on this wonderful adventure down the rabbit hole. This has been another episode of Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in logical madness. I've been your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. And just like my namesake, the Cheshire Cat. I am everywhere, yet nowhere. Stay tuned for this Thursday's episode where we'll be discussing African-American professional wrestlers, past, present, and future. And we will have a special guest for it. Have a good night. (laughs) 